0: Yo, Shots
1: fire for sake, fire. for toxic. You shots, FIRED shots fire, shots, shots for fox sake, fire, for toxic, you shots, fired, shots, shots
2: You were tuned into to the Shots Fired Podcast
0: with your host, Kairos
2: Bodley, co-host, Just Gina MMA, and also co-host, Mike from World TV. We are missing Shasanga Mulata because he does not care about the group, he does not care about this podcast, and we are currently looking for a substitute. So if you'd like, please submit your resume with a reel and we will get you right. Thank you so much.
3: To be fair to Chisanga, he has actually submitted some audio. It's an interview with Michael Penn and Page, which will be keyed up at the end of the show. But um, I, I interrupted your wonderful intro there. I uh, interrupted your wonderful chairmanship, comparemanship, and uh, I suppose all round good hosting. Take it away, Kairos.
2: Okay. Wait a minute. I thought who was supposed to go first to the topic?
1: I am. So I'm going to go yeah, first. Yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> oh no you have to go to the front desk thank you sorry i'm at work and people are approaching me like i'm the receptionist i am not um you're black you must
3: be the receptionist
1: right you know he's still black and he was like oh she works here um so fellas we're gonna jump right into jared cannonier so i watched jared cannonier have a a decent win over kelvin gastelum good for him happy form. don't know if that fight was um don't know if his performance was title worthy, but nonetheless, the man got paid and he won. Good news. Here's the thing. As soon as they gave him the mic, first thing out this man's mouth is I'm broke. And I'm just like, "Dag, like we're not talking about a title shot. We're not talking about, you know, what went wrong in the wind, what he did right. and And, and just, you know, giving that post-fight speech we all know and love. The first thing out his mouth is he was happy to be back because he's broke. It broke my heart. And I felt him and he's telling the truth. Then, fellas, I turn on. um, I always say names wrong. Is it Helwani or Heliwani? Helwani. Ariel Helwani. Helwani. So his show is back on. And lately I've been watching it, even though I don't. It's weird. And Jared Kennanier was a guest. I think it took him 30 seconds to let us know again that he would like to be better paid. And not only did he mention that he was having money problems, y'all, this man said his wife went back to work because he can't sustain the household. And not only that, she is interning and not getting paid. So in return, he stays home and takes care of the kids. And this is the part where I really tuned in. Mike, Kairos, this man said, that wasn't the arrangement when we got married. Y'all know about arrangements we grown. My parents mm-hmm. had one. And sometimes the arrangement is, I make so much goddamn money, you can stay home and take care of the kids. Or sometimes the arrangement is, we both work and, and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm going to read in between the lines. Their arrangement was, he makes the money through fighting, and she stays home with the kids. That has changed in his life. And he sure. seems pretty desperate for money. And it broke my heart. Mike, I know it broke your heart. I saw your tweet. Yeah. And it's just sad. And we can't act like this is not a pattern. I feel like every fight, every other interview, fighters are politely trying to say that they're underpaid. My question to you is this, fellas. Due to this pattern that I'm seeing of fighters requesting money, which is also like a little embarrassing. And it's also... Really showing us there's an issue with the UFC and underpaying them. It's it's undeniable when you see the actual employees begging for money. Do you think Dana White is going to find a way to muzzle these people because it does look bad, or what will be their response to convince people that they're not underpaid? The UFC has to do something. So what do you think they do in in um you know to, in a reactionary um, status as in reference to? Them, everybody talking about being underpaid. And now I'm rambling, so I'm going to pass the mic. Kairos, what's their response?
2: Dana White's going to be so sneaky about it. This is what he's going to do. He's going to grab a random person from the roster, throw a dart at a dartboard with their name. Be like, okay, I'm going to give them a $5,000 <laughs> Christmas bonus. And then I'll will be a, they'll be like, all right, they're going to tell all their friends about how great I was during Christmas time. He's not going to pay everybody more money. He's not going to do it. Advice that her bank account was in the negative and when the, and then when the reporter kindly was like well, how how does he what do you think about that well he's like well she's not in the negative now from that performance like what the fuck, that's not the point that's not the point bro so i'm telling you, you ain't doing shit about it but i think the more people who keep doing this the harder it's going to be for him though so people kept got to stop just not saying anything about it i think the more people are like, listen, I can't pay for this, I can't pay for that, and I didn't do enough to do a bonus, please UFC help. When people start getting desperate like that for real bro, then I think it'll be a big issue. I it's like, fuck, now I absolutely have to do something. But in the yeah, short th- term, he ain't doing shit.
1: Yeah, I think something's coming because it's becoming so apparent and then they're, they're so vocal about it that I really think he's going to start They're They're going to put their heads together and come up with a way to cover this up. And Mike. What are your thoughts and what do you think they do?
3: I think you were really kind when you were talking about the fact that Jared Cannonier literally had to have that answer ringed out of him, wrung out of him by Ariel Hawani. It was after a little bit of a nudge, and I would say a big nudge by Ariel Hawani, where, you know, talked about those three little letters, basically equating to a billion dollar company should mean that he should get um, better pay. I think you're really kind in the way that you kind of set it up in that, it's clear that there are some kind of like behind the scenes um, nudgings going on because, of how long it took him to actually get that out of his system in terms of that interview was about half an hour long. And, you know, Ariel wasn't dancing around it. He really kind of like was pushing him on it. But also you were right, I think, in kind of assessing what's actually happening in, in his household. at home, yeah. it's clear that it's put financial pressure on him. It's clear that that wasn't the arrangement. It's clear that there are some kind of like angst and uh, difficult moments going on at home. And it's clear that he rode back ever so slightly on his comments in ring because or in cage because if you look yes. at the sensitive way he wanted to kind of like dance around the issue and then he was like uh, he was literally like trying to stop the words from flowing out of his mouth hey. when they finally got out there but it's it kind of clear that someone had a word with in him because in, on the one hand he started off by saying oh I, I think I'm, I'm quite paid after saying i'm broke full flat on broke this is why i'm fighting but then kind of like reining in towards well at the beginning of the interview and then full-on just admitting look there is a big company out there who should be paying me more money it's kind of clear that somebody had actually got to him and that is the narrative and that is what's going to keep on happening these fighters will be leaned on these fighters will be let let it be known in no uncertain terms that if you go out there and embarrass the company by saying you are not paid enough we are going to make it a little bit difficult for you in terms of opponents and fighting and getting opportunities because the opportunities are out there I mean look at how many locker room bonuses that we've given x y and z look how many times we have upped incrementally the um the bonus structure. Sometimes we give you 50 and sometimes we give you 70 because we are so benevolent, kind and merciful. They have already actually installed these triggers just like Pavlov's dog every time a fighter thinks to himself i want to talk about pay he thinks oh better not because i'm going to incur the wrath of the ufc how the ufc i think will spin this is by doing nothing at all by maintaining the status mm. quo by doing exactly what they have could be an option for the last 25 years do yeah. nothing the do nothing option has kept fighters hungry has kept fighters present, has kept fighters looking basically to try and, by any means necessary, go in there, shine. And that is what the UFC want. They want you to be bonus driven. They want you to be looking towards the fact that you haven't got the money. And in order to make that money, you have to perform well. It's a hungry fighter that gives us what we all are looking forward to, the subs, the, 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 the knockouts. So why would the UFC change that by making your bed comfortable, by making it really palatable for you to just sit there and think to yourself, you know what, I've got a place in the UFC and mediocre performances will get me
1: paid. No, keep them mean, treat them keen. And might I jump in on my really good point to bring up the sugar coating? Because he went from saying, you know, I'm broke, mm. to I would like to be paid like an elite athlete and not saying that I'm underpaid or anything. Yeah. And then yeah. and then what's interesting, Mike, in that very interview, he says that to Ariel, right? Mm. Ariel read is in between the lines <laughs> and starts sugarcoating things for him too, which you know, for me shows that he can only say things, he can only go so far with mm-hmm. saying he's underpaid and he knows mm-hmm. it. Let's not forget, Joff Neal was quick to be like, I, it doesn't matter, I'm still a waiter, we get paid well. A lot of them are underpaid and know to shut their mouth. And then you got the other ones that are so broke, they're begging. Me, to answer my own question, I'm with you, Mike. The UFC will do a damn, will not do a damn thing. What and they're going to keep it trucking. You know, Mike, at first, I thought they were going to do something because the pattern is become, it's increasing. It's almost every other fight. I seen one dude, he put up his Twitter because you can tip now. You know what I mean? So it's like it's going to keep happening. But the thing is, is that the UFC is going to keep rolling when they bless a fighter and a fighter starts crying because now they can pay their bills with a bonus. They're going to make it this beautiful opportunity. You know what I mean? They're going to showboat. They're going to build a hotel that the fighters aren't even going to use. It's going to be for VIP guests, but they're going to be like, oh, look at this hotel we built for them. No, 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 no. They're going to keep doing stuff like that. And just keep it moving. And I must say, I must add, before I pass the mic, I am exhausted of this underpaid stuff. Like, I feel like I'm back here trying to get them paid and I'm running out of gas. You know what I mean? So I can only imagine what the fighters are going through. They're the ones fighting this fight, you know. And, you know unbeknownst to us, probably trying to do something about this, talking about it, but literally have to go up against a machine, the UFC. Mm-hmm. If I'm exhausted, Mike, I bet you they are too. When I'm going to leave it at then. that. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Who's up? That?
2: that be you, Kairos. I'm up. I'm up to bat. The internet the internet is very upset with Habib and Amagomedov these days. You know, me personally, <laughs> I can't say I'm too upset about it. I'm glad this is happening. To him. Let me stop. I'm not, I'm not glad this is Bitch, happened we
1: about to fight. <laughs> okay. I, I am one ass. of those people. Yeah, so let me me shut up because I'm going to curse his ass out by the time you're done. Go ahead. So Habib
2: was at a press conference. I think he was talking about his fighting promotion. And someone asked him, what was the direct line of question? Someone asked him to the the effect of, what do you think about ring girls? He was like, they are the most useless profession in fighting. (laughs) And then he later said, I will not have them in my organization. (laughs) (laughs) And people... There was never. I thought this was gonna be like ninety, like 91, 9010 split, but it was pretty even. There's a lot of people saying, "How dare Habib?" And then there's people like, "You have to respect his religion and his point of view and perspective. He should not be confined to Westernistic ideals, and he should be free to do with his fighting promotion as he sees fit." Now, as much as I want to pile on Habib right now because I love it, I love the, I love it. I just love seeing this man just get his face rubbed in the mud because, fuck. Him. I will, for once in my life, say I can understand his perspective on wanting to do what he wants to do with his fighting organization based off of his own backgrounds, regardless of my own personal beliefs. What do you guys think about Habib's vocal stance and the way that he went about it? And I want to go Mike's first.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Save me for less.
2: We're we're,
3: we're about to fight now, D, because I totally agree with him. I look at this as, what are we doing in 2021? Are we really saying that tits and bums is what is going to punctuate each fight? Tits and bums is part of the narrative in terms of what we're looking at. Men knocking each other out, women knocking each other out, women submitting each other, men submitting each other. The way I look at it is, I think it's almost medieval to be looking at women as Almost eye candy, or not even almost eye candy, just as eye candy between rounds. What are we essentially saying? It's okay to thirst after women. It's okay to objectify them. It's okay, basically, to be focused on their bums. It's okay to be focused on their breasts, because that is what's on show. It's not as though they are parading around in jumpsuits. If that's the case, let's put them in jumpsuits then. If you want to keep them employed, if you want to keep them on a vocation, if you want that to be your narrative, and that is, we aren't going to demote women in this way, as in, we're not gonna take their jobs away. Okay, put them in jumpsuits then. Let's see how palatable that would be. Let's see how um, much eye candy that will actually generate. It will generate nutter because we need to be honest with ourselves. We are looking at these women in between rounds, and we are thirsting after them. I don't really think that the way in which he dropped it was necessarily the right way to actually (laughs) drop it. But I agree with the sentiment. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I like breasts and bum just as as much as the next man or woman. But I think Khabib may not have articulated it in the way in which was palatable, but the sentiment I definitely agree with.
1: You know what? (laughs) <laughs> y'all are so lucky that i'm at work and i cannot raise my voice because i want to curse everybody out even kairos for bringing this shit up listen let me tell you something ring girls is a tradition in boxing is it um, a tradition that i would say is held in mis- you know mis- is it misogynist yeah yes does it does it you know push women forward Absolutely not. But here's the thing. It is tradition. There's an audience for it. There are people that are like, yeah, the girls allowed. And has, guess what? None of these women are advocating for you to get rid of their jobs. They are making an honest living, okay? They have to keep themselves in shape. Don't think that they're just women that take off their clothes to hold up a board. Y'all don't, listen, y'all don't understand what it takes to keep that type of body as far as diet, dieting and exercise. They making an honest living, mind your fucking business, let people make money in this expensive world. Okay. And if you really want to help women, why don't you advocate for free pay instead of terminating their jobs? And also I have a question for Khabib. What the fuck are women good for? I mean, this man, we can't do anything. We can't go outside. We can't hang out with the fellas. You can't support your man when he's fighting. You can't go outside. I just want to stress that. I've never seen a Dagestani woman in my life. Like, What are we good for, Khabib? And I think if Khabib is going to have such strong opinions, I hope he's prepared for the backlash because his views, I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but they're archaic a bit. And and they're disrespectful to people in in other regions of the world. And then it's like, I struggle with respecting his religion because it's nothing like mine, but it's also oppressive to me as a woman. So I, I just... You know, he can speak, he can says he can say whatever he wants, but I just wish sometimes he would maybe space it out. I mean, this whole week he's been talking shit. He went to Mike Tyson's podcast, which is known for smoking weed. The man's not a boxer anymore. Weed helps him. You go to his podcast and you request that he puts the marijuana away. You're in his house and you know that this is a trap house of did weed. Mike, did Mike do that? Did he put it yeah. away? Not me out of blue in his face, um, like, you know, you're going to the weed trap house with Mike Tyson. That is his house. And and as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. Muslim was telling me that they can be around stuff like that, but they cannot participate. Who the hell is he? Who the hell is he to tell someone what to do in their own house? Why is he always telling people what to do? Tell your wife to stay in the house. Make sure your wife takes care of you. Make sure she doesn't train in MMA. And also, Khabib, you're in a world where not everybody shares your beliefs, okay? Play the game, play the game, okay? It's, I just cannot take it. What else did he say? He, he said something about Jose Aldo. He's on a roll, baby. He's on a roll. And I, he really needs to shut the fuck up. I've just about had it. And for all the people that are like, oh, you're Islamophobic, that's not true. You can criticize Khabib and those beliefs and, and still respect Islam, and I, I very much respect the religion of peace and Khabib because he's a talented fighter. But man, when he speaks, I get pissed the fuck off. And also, fellas, leave ring girls alone. Let those girls make money. It's an expensive world out here. And, and Mike, I better hear you advocate for, um, you know, um, what it's called, everybody getting paid the same way, women and men. This man want to get rid of ring girls, but I ain't heard him say nothing about same pay.
3: Now, I, I would agree with you there. And that's what I'm saying, that. I personally feel the way in which he dropped it wasn't really the most uh, articulate uh, I've ever heard it said. But exactly. I'm surprised that you G. I'm surprised you being a progressive woman that you still want. I'm upholding
1: and- a misogynist. Uh- <laughs> <It's- and laughs>
3: yeah. You all know that the Queensbury rules, when all of the boxing was established, introduced ring girls in there. Because I think that there was an element of this to say, you know what? As much as we we men like to watch other men box, we also love women. So what we're going to do? We're going to have women in in between each round. I think there's an element of that
1: in there. I really okay. do. But hear me out. I I also struggle with the same things that I want to you know work on in this society. But I also find that you know people want to help women when it it favors them. Like you just don't want women to be objectified. And I'm just like this they're making money and they're not asking for you to do that. And then Mm. what about sex workers? What about there's other women that are doing jobs that are maybe misogynist or whatever you think of them or porn and they are making a living and nobody respects their profession, but now ring girls are a problem. It just sounds like the society wants to control what women do. Oh, let me just jump in there. Not that I object to
3: them choosing that as a profession, I can see where Khabib is coming from, though. What mm-hmm. value are they adding? What are they doing apart from upholding men's misogynistic lust to have their eyes fixated on bums and tits?
1: What? Well, what, what? What do the women have to say about this? The women mm-hmm. that are fine with participating with this are fine yeah. making a living. What? This is none of Khabib's business. And the fact that he's not going to have it in his organization, that's his business. But again, controlling women's bodies, <laughs> controlling how they make money. On, and Kyros. Being... Yes, Kairos, no, please no, interrupt. Wait, no, 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 finish. no. I'm letting you finish. Get, get, get I'm just, I'm get just, I'm just it's, it's just a bigger picture, fellas. It's all about controlling women's bodies. That's why I'm upholding this misogynistic job, because women want to do it. And here come men, you don't hear not one woman on the internet saying we need to give, because we shut our mouths and let these women make money. But men always have a problem with how women make money. What about OnlyFans? Don't you see how angry people get with OnlyFans? It's the I, same I, shit
3: I, I haven't actually seen that to be honest with you I've seen quite the opposite That people getting upset That um, the sex element was being eroded and erased Now that they've actually turned tail and no longer going to do that Everybody's happy again with OnlyFans But I saw nothing but uh, upset men When they were talking about well, uh, of course, No longer having sex on
1: that platform Well, OnlyFans does have a platform So the people that participate in it Are going to be upset But there's also people that are just you know crude about it when it comes to the female fighters doing it you know what I mean they, they make um comments about or or Paige Van Zandt. she has a business on the side taking those those photos every time she loses they throw her side business in her face and she looks like a well trained fighter but you, you see what I mean that's what yeah. I see oh, and okay. now suddenly ring girls is a problem since when <laughs> stop controlling people's bodies Kairos you've been waiting to talk for a minute let's let's go I mean,
2: you you said it at the end of your, when you were like, what's his business? I was about to be like, this is literally his business because it's the organization's, but you, no, no, that out he, like,
1: he has every right to do what he wants yes. to do. It's his and organization. That's I'm coming
2: from like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a believer. I have faith, but I still understand certain things that I believe, not that I believe certain things are archaic in my belief system. Mm. And I have evolved and understand that times change. And that's not how I want to conduct myself. But some people can't distance themselves from that. Some people don't have the ability to do that. And I'm not sure. going to say, well, you should be able to do it. And you got to do this
1: because in my beliefs and I yeah. get this.
2: like yeah. that's not that's not who I that's not how I
1: operate. And well, I but, that's, but that's how I feel the, for the women. They, they're fine with being ring girls. It's us. You know, it's, it's people saying they don't need this job and this, they're fine. It's still to me, it goes back to control. It's the same thing that you're saying, Kairos you know just yes, like he before. has a right in his organization not to have women ring girls the ring girls have a right to make a living an, an honest living without folks saying hey what you're doing is 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 worthless and why do they even pay you why do you even make money We're and back- on top of that i also think there should be ring boys
3: that, that's, that's my point. and And uh, shout out to our, our uh, previous guest on the show. Yes, yeah, uh, Who was a, a fabulous ring boy. But um, going back to my point, different strokes for different folks. Just like Invector had the ring boy. I'm glad you raised that. And mm-hmm. there are organizations out there who have the ring girls. I'm fine with that. I can see where Khabib's coming from in saying, in my house, in my organization, that ain't going to run.
1: Yeah. I I agree with Carlos. He has every right to not have them. And perhaps, you know, that'll be, you know, enjoyable for certain people. But I'm just stop the attack on ring girls. And also, let's talk to the ring girls. Not one of them has said anything, but yet our timelines, Khabib, everybody's talking to them. I wish we could bring one on the show and be like, how do you feel?
3: Well, why not? Why don't we do that next week? We'll have a ring girl on the show. We can talk to him.
1: I say I say, we do that. Because I want to know where they stand with this. How do they feel about what Khabib says? And I also think we need, I think they do more than just hold up that piece of paper. And I think people need to know that. And I think we're just speaking on ring girls from what we see, not from their experience and putting ourselves in their shoes. And Khabib's doing the same thing. You just see a bunch of pretty women holding a sign and you don't know what goes behind that. And we need to speak to those women and make them a part of the conversation. Okay, let's do it. I, yeah, I I hope, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll some, keep my fingers crossed. But Mike, Mike got the clout. Who we getting, Mike? Um, you know what? I'm gonna have to look
3: in the old iPhone uh, contact book and, um, basically, those people who I'm chatting with already on Instagram. So I'll definitely get back to you on that one if I can actually mm. bag one. But
1: I'll try to.
3: Yeah. As the clock is counting down, because I got to be out here at the top of the hour, I'm gonna jump in with my uh point that I'm bringing to the table. And that is a few days ago, I saw the timeline was ablaze actually with uh, a few um, tweets that relate to Paddy Pimlet. Now, one of the first things that kind of like struck me about this oh. non-respect <laughs> Paddy Pimlet when this was actually raised. And it was an exchange between himself and Mohammed Mokayev, friend of the show, Mohammed Makayev. Now, basically just to jump in the middle of this, Paddy Pimlet in 2018 Now we have to keep re-emphasizing the fact That these are historic tweets um, Which have been screencast No, you wear that flag as a fraud You are not from here You idiot And I will not wrestle you It's that simple Remember the name Tom Owen, don't you? Took you down and triangled you in a tournament You little mat muncher Now that was Paddy Pimlet And Mohamed Bakaev shot back you're racist i represent this country what you're going to do about it i don't need to wrestle you i know how you wrestle already and paddy palmer replied how am i racist have mentioned race once you tip was born here was you born here nope then you shouldn't represent this country that simple no we both know that wouldn't happen You'd get slammed on your back and start crying and mat munching like you do when you lose. Now, that caused me consternation because you will know in previous uh, shots fired and even on the timeline, I'm a fan first. I love the sport of MMA. So when somebody who I follow in terms of their career, because I'm a fan of the fighters as well as somebody who interviews and says things like that, regardless of whether it was last year or the year before or the year before that, I have cause for concern. So I would actually bring that and uh, into the public eye, considering that these are public tweets to their attention and get their take on it but the thing that kind of like made me really kind of sick to my core was where Paddy Pimler again this is a historic tweet he retweeted this comment from Dynamite or Dynamited uh, Ilksi I think his name is uh, Dynamited Ilksi now his tweet was talking about refugees and um, basically it said how the fuck so how about fuck off back to your own country, you fucking dickhead. Come here, expect everything when I see ex army living. Oh, the but street. I'm not racist. Don't like it, fuck off. Now this was in um in relation to a Sky News um piece and it was talking about uh a refugee. Who basically was, was telling about the plight of a refugee? So, those two things coupled together, and the fact that recently he'd been uh, basically an all out attack on Georgians, or so it would seem, it made me want to get closure on this because I could say I'm a fan first. So, I put it onto the timeline and I said to him, Look, I'm curious, Paddy. The tweet on the right, the one I talked to you about earlier, about Mokayev and Paddy Pimlet going at it, you retweeted and has since been deleted. Does this reflect how you feel about immigrants? Also, would you agree that the tweet on the left isn't a good look either? Now, those two tweets, like I say, had been doing the rounds. My thing is this, first question, is it right for us to bring up historic tweets and put them in front of fighters and say, is this you? Second thing is, I had Nick Pete from BT Sport um, answer or in answer to um, somebody who reached out to him and said it was Ben Larkin, Benny Larks on uh Twitter. Curious to see your views on this, PT editor, and it's Nick Pete. I know you like both fighters talking about Mohamed Makayev and um, Paddy Pimlet. Now, Nick Pete answered, fans of both Paddy and me, um, sorry, Paddy and Moe. And Carl Dilks is a friend of mine too. Really disappointing views. Clearly some education is required. There is much more um, to the context than this, obviously. But that doesn't excuse it. Glad the post was deleted. Now, bearing in mind that post was deleted the previous day. Glad the post was deleted. That shows growth to me. Now, This was a uh, two-part tweet. He then followed that up to say, Mikey, referring to me, is also a friend of mine. I'd like to know if he reached out to Paddy or Carl to see if they had any regrets about those posts three years on, or did he just save these until Paddy got signed by the UFC to tell a narrative? I'm disappointed in him too. You all want to grow up. Now... As I say, the second part of my question is, is it palatable to you that somebody who is employed by BT Sport, someone who is a friend of um, Paddy Pimlet, should come online and be, I suppose, responding in this manner? Now, going back to what I asked you first, is it okay for us to revisit historic tweets? So it's a two part question is it okay to visit historic tweets and what's nick was nick okay in approaching me in this way i'll go with g
1: okay is it okay to bring up historic tweets I'm, I'm stuck on this because it's like i don't want no one to bring up mine if i ever get famous but uh <laughs> i will detonate these pages y'all y'all never get me um let me tell you, I think it is okay to bring up historic tweets, although I would not want someone to do that to me. Um, I think it's important, too, because it just, unfortunately, tweets and how you feel are, are put on the timeline. And if you're a, a public figure, it can make you look a certain way, and people want to start talking about your ideals and, and stuff like that. And I think it's important, too, because it's like it'll show growth. Like, let's say you make a homo- homophobic tweet five years ago yeah you've changed your ways it comes up you can go from there and and push a platform about how you've changed and we've seen that happen so I don't really Mm -hmm. mind bringing up old tweets and old tweets also root out people like Patty Pimlet too this man is talking about he's not racist but who are the type of people that tell you to go back to your own country racist exactly and if he's not racist or if he wants us to use you know, better terms. He's being xenophobic. Since when can someone that's not an immigrant represent a country? And it goes back to what, and then it goes back to that racist conversation that we've all had about immigrants, you know, playing sports for other countries. Let's not forget World Cup, fellas, where when, you know, I I believe it was France or some team that has a lot of African, uh, excuse me, Black players, that when they don't win, suddenly they're not good enough to represent England. You know, they're not good enough to represent their country but when they do win oh they're from england they're from amsterdam you know from wherever that's racism and xenophobia and that's what patty is and i love that you know kudos to you mike for bringing up old stuff and kudos to anybody that's bringing up stuff enough for him to make a video and say he's not engaging with trolls anymore that was a pr move and he had to do it secondly your second question i don't think that was appropriate by nick you know you're he's biased he's a friend of patty he shouldn't have responded to you like that and also remain neutral but you know friends look out for each other mike if somebody came for you you know i'm at their throat same for kairos so i get it but like keep it professional i don't work for nobody so i can drag somebody for mike you know now just to punctuate this just before we open up to kairos I gave
3: Paddy, I feel, the forum on which to say, look, there were tweets in my past that I do not stand by in 2021. Exactly. There are certainly actions in my past that I do not stand by in 2021. Even at the time I was going on wrong and strong, there are actions that I don't stand by in 2021. Even though at the time I was steeped in the kind of uh, self-belief that I was doing the right thing. So this was an opportunity for him to publicly say, say. considering the exactly. tweets were in a public arena, no, I do not subscribe to that. No, what he chose to do was to ask me, what's racist about that? What's xenophobic about that? Doubling down. Similarly, Nick's point about these tweets or the tweet uh, by Dilks or whatever his name is in particular, he deleted that. That show, shows growth. He deleted it the day before. Are you telling me he suddenly grew overnight, Nick? Are you telling me that he suddenly had the wisdom and uh, knowledge of self overnight, growth? Are you being serious? I get it, Nick. Just as Gina said, I would be riding for Kairos. I'll be riding for Chisanga. I will be riding for G if anybody came at their necks. But ultimately- Hi,
1: the front desk can help if you have any questions.
3: Ultimately, I really do feel that you know, vehement um, uh, defense of xenophobia by saying, oh, did you reach out to him? Like I wanted to sweep it under the carpet and not have something public discussed in public. Are you out of your mind? Anyway, Kairos.
2: Well, let me preface this by saying you're friends with both of them. So I I understand, but I'm not friends with them. So I got to say what I got to say. So first of all, Patty's a dickhead. This man doesn't understand nationalism and understand the nationality can change. He's dumb. Like, bro, like you don't understand nationality. He, he thinks it's race, which is why, in essence, he's racist because this motherfucker doesn't understand that we and it's attributing race anyway. I'm not. Even you going might
1: want to talk long. to the Do security I at think the front desk. Your old tweets okay. should Daniel, be brought I'm up you. on earth. I'm, I'm unsure, ma'am.
2: I think if you didn't answer for what you have said in the past, you absolutely should be held accountable for what you did. And this has come from someone who has tweets. Who <laughs> who I'm not proud that I'm not proud of. I'll fat shame someone and it could be in, it could be interpreted as being fat phobic just a few months ago. Yeah. Am I fat No. Would I be upset if those sweets got unearthed? Yes. But do I acknowledge that I was wrong?
1: Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes,
2: I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Luckily, that's on the old account. So y'all motherfuckers. And that's don't gross. Start yeah, kidding.
1: exactly. Mine I mean, that's too.
2: my point though. You gotta you gotta own it, and you have to accept it and be held accountable for what you said. The same as how you got Dustin Boyd, who had a little bit of a rap career, but he wasn't held accountable for it. If someone brought that shit up today in the video, I think there'd be a lot of questions being asked about Dustin Boyd. But luckily, that didn't happen to him, and he's he's on his he's on his good streak now. He's doing well, and he seems like he's a changed person. But that's just my point. Exactly. You should
1: be held accountable. And Mike, I know you gotta go, but real quick, I'm kind of mm. tired of people defining racism almost as if you can't be racist unless you're like you're in a hate group the clan or a yeah. nazi you can say racist things thank you i just i don't know ever since the civil rights movement and white people saw like racist people and black people being sprayed with hoses they associate that with racism so because they don't beat up black people in the alley or they don't you know pick them up in the street and beat them up you know with their friends they don't think they're racist but meanwhile everything patty said was textbook racism and xenophobia and i just want to let y'all know if you say something racist people are going to think you're racist and if somebody says something and they're like oh what you said was racist ask them well how why how did I make you feel that way it is not some scarlet letter for you to just be like no I'm not you know what I mean and they and a lot of people do that it's so annoying
3: I think what what hurt me the most with the whole Nick Pete response I mean people actually chimed in on the timeline but what offended me the most is I've reached out to Nick after he's made comments where it was palatable. He thought it was palatable for Mike Perry to dress up in Native American costume. So he knows that there are sensitivities, which he himself um, has got wrong in the past in acknowledging. I was also upset by the fact that Paddy thought that it was palatable to be peddling lies in saying that you're only mad with me because we called you out years ago about somebody that you bullied on the timeline. Absolute bullshit. Absolute lies. Inserting lies into an argument to actually scupper the fact that you have been called up on xenophobia and, you know, um, I suppose, selective um amnesia about what is and what isn't racism it kind of struck me as really really unpalatable but the thing that really got to me the most was where you know Nick was coming at it from the point of view as Mike is my friend okay if he is your friend stand firm on racism being abhorrent stand firm on xenophobia being abhorrent don't tell me about growth because somebody has actually deleted a tweet the day before. Don't tell me about, well, you know, this seems to be timely that you bringing this up, that he has come and that his Paddy's come to the UFC, almost insinuating that I'm trying to derail this man's career. No, Nick, no, that won't watch, that won't stand. And this is a somebody who is a fan first,
2: not interested in hearing that. Yeah, and I think she hit the nail on the head when she was like, listen, too many people want to see, oh, I'm not hosing these blackies down with the water holes, so I'm not mm-hmm. racist. There, bro, there's a person who literally married a Nazi and her friend sadity so to say that she wasn't racist. She knew he was a Nazi before she
1: married him. He had a swastika on his forearm. Which means, you, just, share because, ideals, which means I, you share his ideals. Which means you share his ideals. Kairos, can you marry open. a racist white woman? You think I could marry someone that doesn't feel the same way? You think I can marry someone that is, represents the GOP and voted for Trump? Please.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Please. When people want to sit here and say, oh, well, he did this and he's a bad person. Yeah. Well, guess what? She married so him.
1: is she. She's a bad yeah. person, too. Person, too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone married to somebody that's in a hate group, you hate the group he hates, too. <laughs> Damn.
3: Well, look, just before we segue into the interview with Michael Bell Page, conducted by Chisanga Malata, I just want to say we are collectively looking forward to Justin Jacoby and Darren Stewart this coming Saturday. I know there are other people on the card, but that for me is the must-see and go-to fight of this weekend's card. But how about you guys? What are you looking forward to seeing this coming weekend?
1: Tyros go first, because I just pulled this up, and I got to look. Is
2: Kevin Lee fighting this weekend?
1: <laughs> yes, he is.
2: Yeah, Kevin Lee. Okay, I'm excited for him, and I want him to do well, but I also don't want him at 170. He's saying, like, he's staying in this division because he wants to fight Usman and all that other jazz. I'm like, bro, if RDA, a guy who's incredibly well-rounded, one of the most respected fighters on the planet, hit a wall at 170, I think you're going to hit multiple walls at 170. Like, just... I think you need to just figure it out and make it down to 155. It's the best time for you right now, too. Not too many people are great wrestlers in the division anyway. Most of the best fighters are out of their prime and leaving anyway. And a lot of the fighters right now are just like, I'm just saying, man, Kevin Lee, take your ass back to 155.
1: (laughs) G? Of course, I'm looking forward to the main event, Edson versus Giga Chikaze, and I hope Edson kills him because I do not like his glory following and I know you don't either Kairos I've seen you beef with Chiga fans and they're they're pretty interesting so I hope he loses But I'm, believe it or not, I'm looking forward to this middleweight bout between Mahmoud Muradov and um, Gerald Mearshat. Why? Mahmoud can box, and we've seen that Gerald is susceptible to boxing. It didn't take him very long. It didn't take Shemaya very long to uh, put him down. And I hope he's really prepared for someone that is a good technical boxer, and I hope Mahmoud is prepared for someone that is a killer on the ground. So I like this fight. The card sucks, though.
3: <laughs> okay, guys, I've got to get out of here. So, just before we finish up, we are going to segue into Michael Venom Page talking to Chisanga Malata. See you
4: all next week. Damn. forgot to do so. Let me see. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. It ain't over,
4: motherfuckers. All right. Chisanga Malata here with the man of the moment who's uh, going to be taking part in one of the most eagerly anticipated rematches in Bellator history. Of course, I'm talking about the one, the only Michael Venom Page. Michael, how are you doing? I am great. I'm feeling really good. Body's feeling great. Training is going according to plan. So I'm just looking forward to this event. As you say, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big one, man. Definitely. Uh, so have you stopped doing that water fast? The last time I spoke to you, uh, I think it was a couple months ago. <laughs> you you were saying you were doing that mad uh, fasting thing. I, 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 I assume that's uh, no longer happening now that you're back fully in training camp. <laughs> yeah
0: was that was a 12 day 12 day fast um, but I lost I literally lost 11 kgs oh wow um, in, in that time and and even now uh, which is kind of what I, what I wanted I wanted to trick my body into kind of being a bit lighter so I'm back to kind of eating near enough eating what I want obviously not trying to go too crazy but um, and my body's not um, putting on loads of weight because um, seriously after every camp, after every fight, um, it's like I was getting heavier. Mm-hmm. When I, when it came to like just putting back on uh, what well afterwards, so I, I was like, no, I need to, I need to do something about that. So because it was getting harder and harder to make weight. So um, yeah, no, I it definitely it's definitely worked, um, and I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better for it.
4: Okay, as 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 I touched on at the at the start of this interview, it's finally here the rematch that you've been calling for for two years, which uh, a lot of people seem to forget forget about. Obviously, a rematch with Douglas Lima, Bellator London in October. How happy are you that you finally got this rematch after well years of chasing it?
0: Yeah, no, obviously this is exactly what I wanted. It's the only blemish that I say on my on my record, um, and. Um, it's one that i i believe was more my fault um mm-hmm. i don't like to try and take, i don't want to take away anything anything away from uh Lima. i think he's still a great athlete uh amazing fighter tough fighter um but i i just feel like that that particular loss was more because of things that i did wrong versus things that he did well so I was eager to get back in, as a, you know, as everyone saw every fight. I was asking for him again, and I don't think he was as eager to get back in because I feel like he he also knows. Mm. <laughs> I think he also understands that um, you know it was definitely more more me, uh, more my mistake. He felt how fast I was, and I, I, he definitely wasn't quick
4: quick to try and get back in in in, in the cage with me. But now I've got him. And to top it off, man, I mean, f- fighting in your own backyard, you couldn't have asked for any more, right?
0: Oh, no, it's, it, 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 it's worked out absolutely perfectly. So there's a lot of people that, you know, that support me on my journey that are massively invested in this fight. Um, and I think it's going to add to the occasion. It's going to add to the uh, the atmosphere there. Um, I think, like, I, to be fair, I've had some great shows in London. Um, obviously, the Cyborg fight—the mm-hmm. uh, the, the energy was so loud in there. And then when I um when I had the Rickles fight, if I felt like it was even louder. Um, and this time, I, I I seriously can't even imagine the type of energy is going to be in that in that room. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna feed off it all. And especially after the two years that everybody's had in terms of not being allowed to be in these kind of events mm-hmm. like this, um, I think everybody's looking forward to it
4: and one thing that you you mentioned there you said that Douglas didn't seem to be too keen on uh, on taking the fight and i'm not saying that you're saying he was uh, he was ducking you in any way shape or form but were you uh, given that were you all surprised that this actually came together
0: no not really um simply because uh he has he kind of has nowhere else to kind of go with it his whole thing was I don't deserve the title because I need to fight this person. I need to fight Mm -hmm. that person. But now he doesn't have the title anymore. He's lost two on the trot and he kind of needs a name like me to bring himself back. You see what I mean? Again, so he he now... I feel like he now needs me almost You know to kind of get himself back up, to get his name back up there um, after the two losses he's had. So um, it kind of made sense... Uh, as to to roll the dice on this fight now than went before.
4: hmm And go, going back to your to to your first fight, I know you're um you're you're ever the perfectionist and I know you like to go back and, and, and watch tape. How many times have you have you watched the fight? Oh
0: loads. Loads 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 loads. Um and again it just it only just confirms uh exactly what I felt um mm-hmm. even directly after the fight. Um straight straight away even in the cage watching it i'm like yeah I, I can see what i've done there um but then you know when you have more time to kind of sit down and go over it, it there was a there was two major mistakes it was about, it all stemmed from my eagerness to finish the fight because mm. after i had rocked him i could almost see the finish line and i was eager to kind of cross it so um my i, I ended up being a lot more lax on my distance which was the first mistake and that yeah. obviously allowed him to sweep me. And then my eagerness to get back to my feet allowed him for it to, to, to land the KO. Um, if I just accepted that, you know, okay, now now he's kind of he's got an extra time now because mm-hmm. I'm on the floor, let me just roll to my back, take my time, work my way back up, and then, you know, get that opportunity again, that would never have happened. So this is why I feel like, yeah, it was all to do with myself. Obviously, him being the, the athlete he is, he was able to capitalize on those mistakes. Um even in his condition at the time, uh, but uh, I, I just know it, it was more to do with myself. So I just want to, I just want to go out there and prove that to myself more than anybody, and then obviously the well, mm-hmm. world.
4: And I, I remember that I think we spoke just two months after the the, the loss to Lima, and you said that it was your eagerness to get back to your feet. Um, well, I've. I don't necessarily know if that was just to um, to negate the knockdown in the eyes of the judges, but it was that eagerness that ultimately ended up uh, being being your downfall. Is that something that you yeah. that you've thought of uh, for for a long time? Because, I mean, like, as as they say in life, every every choice effect affects the future or, or what have you. Is is that a, something a decision that you've you've lamented almost? Or have you just tried to put it uh, to the back of your mind and just chalked it down to being one of those things?
0: No, nah, nah, no, not at all. Like it's, it's annoying. I always give myself, no matter what it is in life, I give myself, you know, five minutes to let out your frustrations, be angry, be upset, be whatever it is you you know you're feeling at the time, and then keep moving past it. Now I just acknowledge it, I just acknowledge the mistake. I don't dwell on it. Um, it's not something I see myself doing again. Um, and to be fair, even at the time, I was shocked. Even when I think about, it, I was shocked I even did it because I'm very, I, I, I'm usually a lot more patient as a fighter, and mm. people have seen that in terms of I've knocked people down and let them back up. I'm not, I've never been eager to jump on them while they're on the floor and so on and so forth. So it was, it was, it was quite uncharacteristic. Anyway, but um, yeah, so it, it, for me now, it's just, it just, it's just one of those things. It's just a mistake. I know where I'm at. I know exactly what I need to do to rectify and you know not make that mistake again. And I'm back to
4: just enjoying a sport that I love. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I wanted to ask you how is it mentally going into this fight? Because obviously, Douglas is the only man to to beat you. But as you said earlier on, and a lot of people, I I believe, tend to forget this. You were having success in the in the first round, and you and you rocked Douglas badly. So how are you me- yeah. going into going into into this mentally? Because I can see it from the one hand, you, where where you would think that oh, this is the only guy to beat me, and he finished me. But on the other hand, you're like. I had this guy at one moment in time.
0: I I am super confident, and and it's because I I even back then I almost I know I'm the better fighter. Mm-hmm. That's I know that in my heart I'm the better fighter, I'm the better striker, um, and I'm gonna. I know what I I'm, I'm capable of doing to him, and like I said, on top of it, on top of knowing that it was my mistake before, um, you know what I mean. I'm super confident going back in. I have no issues at all. Like there's nothing, the nothing about what the experience that I had has me feeling uh, hesitant in any kind of way at all. I'm like eager to get back in and just show him exactly how I should have finished. Um, And again, even still, let's say um, uh, um, it it all doesn't go to uh, according to plan and I lose the fight. I'm still me. I, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. It's again back to the drawing board. Back to um, to getting different goals. Back to improving myself as a fighter, and again
4: back to enjoying my enjoying what I do. And one thing that you mentioned earlier on is that um, Douglas hasn't really been himself. in or 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 I don't. I don't want to say he's on the decline or what have you. But he's not been as. as he hasn't showcased the the, the skill set of Douglas Lima that we have become used to in his last two fights against Musasi and against uh, Amosov. What what have you made what have you made of him? Do you do you think that maybe just he, he's just not the same, or, or or what do you or do you think that you can't really take too much away from those two losses? Um. Yes,
0: yeah, it's it's difficult to take it away. He, he, again, I've seen him, I've seen him in this state before. Mm-hmm. I feel anyway, um, and it was more. He, he's he's very. I think sometimes a bit way too patient, and he doesn't necessarily have that urgency in his fighting style. Um, we saw it with Masasi. Yeah. Masasi's uh, probably for me one of the best uh, one of the best MMA fighters in the world. Um, so it's kind of hard to judge just by that. But again. He's losing, and he doesn't up the, up the gear. And then towards the end, he realizes, actually, my kick's actually taken effect. But it's too late by that point. And then in, this last, in his last fight, um, it, it, he just seemed to give up. Um, after the first take, the first take done in the first round, Okay, he got back up in the second round. I thought he was going to up the pace a little bit. Happened again in the second round, and it's always on around the, the two-minute mark. So you know 3 minutes left to go he, you know he, he he got taken down mm-hmm. there was no real urgency on standing back up and then the same thing happened every single round and, and, and literally right towards the end he decided to go for a submission but again it felt it's always it was always too little too late and I don't I just never understand that about That might just be his personality um uh and even in the first fight when he fought uh Koreshkov and lost the lost his title then mm-hmm. again it just it just seemed uh, a lack of urgency um, I don't know what that is. I don't. I don't like to look into it. I only like to look at people's best assets and focus on that because I know that's what I'm going to see in that fight at
4: least once or twice, and and basically overcoming those things. And it goes without saying, right? That if you beat Douglas, it, it's title shot, right?
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like, um, to be fair, the the only reason why, um, I, to be fair, I actually wanted to go. And, I wasn't sure, a hundred percent sure that he was going to take. Take the fight, so I actually wanted to go for the title first. Mm-hmm. Um, just so when I asked for the fight, if I've got the belt, you have zero excuses as to not fight me, like none. And then it just it's it's so blatantly that you just don't want to wouldn't want to fight me again. But the title holder decided um, he's not gonna fight for nine months, so. Um, yeah, <laughs> we decided. All right, cool. We'll just go all guns, in all our chips, and see if uh, Douglas Seymour will buy it, and he did. So, either way, I'm happy.
4: Fair enough. Fair enough. And th- this is the the start of a big few months for you guys at London uh, at London Shoot. But it's not actually you kicking off the big uh, the big run. Javid Basharat's going to be competing on Contender Series in September. I mean. Talk to me yeah. about how pumped you guys are for him for this opportunity, man. I mean, he's 10-0, and 0, he's an absolute killer, and he's got a phenomenal story as well.
0: Just what a beast, man. Like, seriously, what an absolute beast. He is somebody that lives and breathes um, MMA, and it almost makes me embarrassed sometimes because these guys watch Everything mm-hmm. and some they'll ask me questions, and I'm like, mate, I don't know who you're talking about or what you're talking
1: about.
0: <laughs> so like, I feel like I'm they, these guys make me feel like I'm slacking every day, um, just because they are they they are they are obsessed with the sport, which is which is great. But you see it in how quickly they've developed as fighters, you see it in how well rounded they are as fighters, you know, trying to do it on the floor, wrestling striking they are exceptional everywhere and yet still growing it's it's just um it's just amazing to see so i'm, I'm looking forward he's got a tough first fight mm-hmm. but i'm looking forward to him showcasing his skills because I, I know he definitely has more more than the ability to to go in there and just wow everybody and as you say they've got an amazing amazing backstory so it's just, i'm just proud of them
4: mm-hmm. and final one for me michael they say revenge is a dish best served cold how is Michael Venom Page going to serve revenge to Douglas Lima at Bellator London?
0: And, you know, it's, I, I really and truly mean this, and I've said it before, but this one, I, I need I need him to understand the difference in level, yeah? So I want to go in there and play with him, but not in a very, in a lot more of an aggressive way, Mm-hmm. So I just want you to understand that I am a different
1: beast, and when I see that, that, that um, again, where he's kind
0: of not, he's, he's not gearing up, he's just a bit demoralized at what's happening, and I feel like I saw it in that last fight with regards to the takedown. But it's gonna be even worse when his uh, strikes landed and you're and you're not able to do it because that is supposed to be your area. Um, so I want to feel, I want, I want to see that in his face, and then I'm gonna put, put I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that. Uh, frustration
4: to rest and put him to sleep Michael it's a pleasure as always to speak to you I really do appreciate the time thank as you. always look forward to seeing you in October or may, maybe earlier I think I'll pop down and uh, see you guys in training soon
0: oh yeah no please
4: please do please do look forward to that All definitely
0: right. uh, thank you for having me anytime man anytime, take care Yo. Shots
1: fired for fuck's sake. Fire. Shots Shots sake. Fire. sake Shots fired for Shots fired no. yeah you know shots fired yeah Shots fired for toxic sake. shots fired for sake You shots fired, shots fired for
0: science.